0: Love Talk Radio. Chapter after chapter. Oh, oh You on the bike.
1: Word, Biblios, many books, taken through the ages, ageless, timeless, prophets, apostles, epistles, the gospel, the righteous, the hostile, the woeful, the wonderful. On yeah. the Sabbath days or on Sundays, it's easy to find me. It's most likely up in your churches where I might be. It's millions over this earth who will tell you that they like me. But realistically, half of them take what I say lightly. You know, they just push me off the table like they don't need me. Uh-huh. Look me in my face like they don't see me. What? Granny's off the church and she won't leave me. Then she comes home from church, but she my name King James Version, born in 1611. I was made to teach pride and how to reach the kingdom of heaven. Might not be saying the same thing as your reverend. The football was broke, but it ain't the way it's living. You probably catch me at your grandma's house, open the psalms. I was like your grandpa's spouse over in Norm. You catch me in a small jail house, over in Grom. I speak about the hotel from nowhere to Tom. Now I travel through my pages, learn about the ancient. Life and death is in me, but some don't want to hear me. Misuse me to conquer many lands. Many men have been slaves for who I am, the saints' blood on their hands. Government attempted to get rid of me and still trying society. Refuse to listen to me and still dying I give counsel to disciples I can still grind to remind them that the place they want to be is still Yo, dying I'm the bookshelf missionary. I could school the school books, plus Dr. Seuss in the dictionary, what's written is power, I'm sitting in the parlor, I'm the only book closed, but i open at any hour. It's always an happy head kid with a go-to, with his hand on my head saying he swear to tell the whole truth. Yo, dude, they got me on a show called dusty, living godly is a must, but don't nobody trust me. I teach about the old trails, mortars the bomb, seven plagues, seven seals, soldiers to swarm, rage in the field, soldiers, storms, the comings, the horns, a lot of preachers want me on 18 just to make a profit When all I want to do is give you words of the sacred prophets So my creators can see believers making progress I warn them of the dangers in loving material objects Open me up, pray to the God of all men The God of Jacob, Isaac, the God of Abraham May he open up his plan, why he came as a man got 12 spread his truth to every nation through the land Yo, we kicked the U.S. once sober but you won't show my name, cause when your friends came, you keep turning my front over. With this on my back, use me as a cup coaster, come closer, let me do my job like I'm supposed Yo, to. There's 66 books in me, good and plenty. But up north, they rip out pages, to puff sense me. But the saints study intensely, cause there's riches in me. But to the wicked, I ain't worth it. And you can run around wildin', looking in the sky. Or you can read me, choose life or die. Who's right but I, man, a tooth for an eye? fire's going I'm the Bible. I'm the Bible. I hold the keys to survival. I'm here to strengthen God's saints and the Lord is vital. I'm the Bible. I'm telling you, stop serving these idols. Ain't no other God the Lord holding that title. I'm the Bible. I'm the Bible. Original holy scrolls come for lonely souls with the oracles of the moral codes. I'm, the Bible. I'm the Bible. I'm trying to save many men, but any who pretend, his kingdom, they won't be getting there. I'm the number one selling book of all time. I'd have made billions. But if the people don't understand, I ain't happy. So come get with me, sit with me, and I'm going to show you mysteries. Shalom, shalom,
2: shalom, shalom, shalom. Baba Tawab. Good morning. That's what it means in the ancient, ancient Paleo Hebrew. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, your brother, your friend. As always, Tazapah. I'm joined this morning once again by my wife, Ansadai, in the building. Shalom. Hope everybody is healthy. Hope everybody had a great weekend, man. A good Sabbath. Um, shalom, man. Twelve tribes, twelve tribes worldwide. Want to send shouts out to our brother school here in San Antonio. Um i uh, in and um VA in Rochester in H Town, uh the brothers out in A B Q and uh shouts out to the brother Cabo Cobb down in Guatemala. Oh man, I apologize y'all. I'm starting the show a little later um than expected or than I had wanted to. Um had some business to take care of this morning. But uh, here we are, man. Here we are. Here we are. So um, let's dive right into it. If it's your first time tuning into the show, I do about uh, an hour um, of current events, news, things of that nature. uh, Talking about a soapbox is what I should call it. Um, I'm not going to do that much this morning for lack of time. So uh, let's dive right into it. Let's get Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our death as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen. So, brothers and sisters this, sisters, this is the prayer we should be sending up on a daily to be delivered, to get up out of this place. That's what uh, true salvation is, the most High's kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. And we, the whole globe, starting with the Israelites, us, so-called Blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans in rulership and being the example for the world to keep the law, statutes, and commandments. This is what we need to be praying for on a daily, y'all. Now let's get Psalm 118 and verse 24.
3: This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it.
2: So good or bad, happy or sad, the Most High brought you to it. He's definitely going to bring you through it, and you'll come out better on the other side because of it. So this is what we need to keep in mind when we get them crappy days thrown at us, man. It's all the will of the Most High. All right, y'all, let's jump on into it. Um, Let me set this up. I I had an encounter, too, y'all. Let me speak on this real quick. I was at Walmart, man. I have a confession to make, uh, Yasha Allah, Israel. I don't wear my fringes all the time. I'm just putting it out there. So if you see me without fringes, just know I I don't wear my fringes all the time. And I'm bringing this up to say uh, I was at Walmart, uh, what was it, Sunday, and I seen a brother going in. He had his fringes on. And I said, Shalom. And the brother, he said, without even you know flinching, he said shalom. And then he took did a second take, and he looked at me like, did you say, what's up to me, or did you say, shalom? I said, bro, I said shalom. I was like, oh, okay, brother, where your fridge is at? <laughs> that was the first thing he said. To me. Where your fridge is at? And I'm like, brother, I ain't got him on today. And the brother, looked, he quoted the scripture. Uh, Numbers chapter fifteen, verse thirty eight about us uh requiring or having to wear fringes on the daily. He quoted the scripture, through the scripture at me. And I'm like, you know, I know the scripture and I'm I'm not gonna be combative with this brother because I'm just glad to see another Israelite <laughs> at the stove. <laughs> That's my mindset, as it is always when I see Israel anywhere I go, man. But uh it took it, it. it kinda took me back, man, just to see this brother and where he was. But and it ain't just him, man. Uh, you get a lot of Israelites that in rather than embracing you as another as a fellow Israelite and being happy to see somebody else walking in the same walk that they're walking in, the walk that we all should be walking in, which is the law, statutes and commandments of the most high. And you know, being ridiculed and having to separate from family and dealing with the world, and you trying to stay righteous in this wicked place. You know, that those are my thoughts. You know, when I see another Israelite. But unfortunately, that ain't every Israelite thought. But I want us to be aware of this, and don't be discouraged, man. Don't be discouraged at all when you see brothers like this, and they wave well, fringes at, or they just trying to judge you uh, based off your appearance. Or whatever it is, don't be discouraged by that, man. Because if that's where they are, and they're learning and they're understanding where they are, man, that's where they are. The scripture talks about not judging another man's service. If if that's where this particular brother is, brother, all right, brother, cool, man. And I, had, I went on to have a conversation with him, and he told me that he knew Dolly Um He now he asked me what school I was with, and I told him, and he told me that. Uh, he had been invited to come to the school several times, but he just de- decided to to be by himself and learn by himself and keep the Shabbat by. And I'm like, all right, cool. If that's where you're at, cool, bro. But I want us to keep this in mind and not be thrown off guard when we get Israelites that approach you or you approach them and they come off like, don't be discouraged. I want us to remember remember this. Let's get Philippians chapter 1. And here it is. I got it right here. So start at verse 15.
3: Philippians one fifteen, Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife. Now, I want us to understand this. You're going to get a lot of
2: Israelite brothers and sisters that they're preaching, they're teaching the word with what?
3: Envy and strife. They have a
2: lot of envy. They have a lot of strife. And if you haven't noticed this campaign going on, it's, it's, all, it's always been going on. And it ain't. Uh, just here in recent times, this campaign has been going on since the time of Christ, even before the time of Christ. Y'all remember that? A couple of Christ's uh, disciples came to him and they said that they they had seen um, John the Baptist's disciples. They said that they was teaching, and Christ was like, "Hey, if they was teaching, man, cool, leave them alone." He said they can't be they can't be a, they can't be against me, but they can be for me. And I'm paraphrasing the scripture. You can go back and find the scripture yourself. But I'm bringing this out to say, I ain't got no beef with no Israelite. If you believe in Christ, if you keep keeping keep the commandments, me and you is cool. I ain't got no issues with you. Although you may have issues with me because you call me not call me without fringes, <laughs> you may have issues with me, but I'm still cool with you. But the scriptures even tell us. Read this again.
3: Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife.
2: And we got to keep this in mind. Read.
3: And some also of goodwill.
2: But there are some sincere brothers and sisters that's going to greet you and they're going to be peaceful. They're going to be hospitable. The whole nine. Read.
3: The one preach Christ of contention. But there are a lot of people that they just want to battle. They've been on,
2: they, they learned and got the truth dropped on them from YouTube. And they went on YouTube and all they seen was street teaching or they seen debates. And they think that's what it means to be an Israelite. <laughs> that's what they really think. And that's cool. If that's where they are and they're learning, cool. Hopefully the Most High will open up their understanding to the scriptures as they spiritually mature or just mature in general where they get put they get put in life life situations where the scriptures actually make more sense to them now. And they'll overcome their youth, so to speak. So read that again.
3: The one preached Christ of contention.
2: So some are t- teaching Christ. They want to contend. They just want to debate. Read.
3: Not sincerely.
2: And then they, they don't be sincere. A lot of brothers will seem like they're sincere, but they're really not. And remember what Christ said, you should know a tree by the fruit of bears. So you're going to know a man by his actions. Read.
3: Supposing to add affliction to my bond.
2: And, and this, is, this is where the contention comes in because they're supposed to be happy to see another fellow Israelite and greet them and be hospitable, hospitable. But instead, they're trying to add more affliction to what you're already dealing with. You're already dealing with your family. You're already dealing with your job. You're already dealing with people in your household, maybe your wife or your husband. You're already dealing with that. Now you get running to these Israelites, now they banging on you too? But I thought we were supposed to be Israel. I thought we was brothers. (laughs) This is the mindset that that you have when you encounter these particular type of people. But I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, it's all good. Don't let that ruin your day. Don't let that ruin your experience. Don't let that ruin you. Want to be an Israelite? Because you are an Israelite, whether you want to accept it by blood, by nationality, first and foremost. But don't let that ruin you, because even though we have Israel that act like that, the scriptures are still relative. The scriptures are still true. Christ is still black. <laughs> we still the Jews. He only died for us. The scriptures are still true. No matter how they, some brothers and sisters come off. That's why the scripture says, "Study so that." Study to show thyself, approve. We truly have to do that, y'all, because the most High is the ultimate judge. Uh, So I just wanted to get that out, y'all. Also, I wanted to do this. So last week I covered some stuff about Kevin Hart and these fake Egyptians coming against him for a statement that he made about the Egyptians not being Africans and not being black, which is the most idiotic thing i ever heard. But not so much so when it's coming from fake Egyptians. And let me explain. Because I covered this a little bit last week. And I, I don't know how I looked over this. Sometimes I'll be going too fast, y'all. And I apologize. But I want to d- definitely cover this uh, in a more thorough fashion. So let's get um, Esther chapter 11 and verse 1 in the Apocrypha. So this is this is the rest of Esther. Chapter eleven and verse one. The Bible is truly, 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 truly a history book, y'all. First and foremost, we have to remember this. You got it? Yes. Read.
3: In the fourth year of the reign of Ptolemy. The reign Cle- of who? Ptolemus.
2: The reign of Ptolemy, which is from the the Ptolemaic dynasty. Read.
3: And Cleopatra. And who? Cleopatra, which
2: was his sister, read,
3: Josephus, who said he was a priest and Levite, and Ptolemaeus' son, his son, brought this epistle of Pyrrhaem.
2: Right, of Pyrrhaem. So this is dealing with the story of Esther and the brothers that they named later on. These are Israelites who took on Greek names, all right? I want us to understand them. Now, it talked about P- Ptolemy and his sister Cleopatra in the, I'm sorry, Cleopatra in the opening statement of this precept. So, let's get that out of, off the internet. Go to the website now. And let's read who Ptolemy was. This is important, y'all.
3: Ptolemaic dynasty, sometimes referred to as the legged dynasty was a Macedonian Greek royal dynasty which ruled
2: the – It was a what?
3: Macedonian Greek.
2: Macedonian Greek. All right? I want us to understand this. When you talk about the Macedonians or the Greeks by nation, I'm talking about placement, but by nation, by uh, genetics, by genealogy. These are Edomites. These are white people. I've did countless shows to show this. So this was a white dynasty, all right? Read. It
3: was a Macedonian-Greek royal dynasty which ruled the Ptolemaic kingdom in ancient
2: Egypt. They ruled where?
3: The Ptolemaic kingdom in ancient Egypt.
2: So these were white folks in Egypt, all right? So these Egyptians that came against Kevin Hart, these are their descendants. But this is how they got there, because they ruled ancient Egypt, these white people. Read.
3: During the Hellenistic period.
2: And during the Hellenistic period, was, which, was, which was ushered in under Alexander the Great around 333 B.C. when he Hellenized the known living world which he had just conquered. Now, to be Hellenized means to be like the Greeks. That's what it basically means. So Hellenized, the Hellenist, when you see that word mentioned, it's synonymous with being Greek. So all Greek ideology, all Greek um, gods and goddesses, all Greek, everything, food, style of dress, the whole nine. Read.
3: During the Hellenistic period, their rule lasted for 275 years, from 305 to 30 BC.
2: So you had a white presence in Egypt for how long?
3: From 305 to 30 BC.
2: Right, roughly 275 years you had Edomites set up in Egypt, in a black in a black country. <laughs> I hope y'all get this. Read.
3: The Ptolemaic was the last dynasty of ancient Egypt. Read. Ptolemy, one of seven somatophilites, also known as bodyguard companions, a general and possible half-brother of Alexander the Great, was appointed satrap of Egypt after Alexander's death in 323 B.C.
2: Because remember, after Alexander died, he split up his kingdom Amongst his four generals I'm sorry, five generals He split his kingdom up And for Ptolemy, he got the reign in Egypt Read In
3: 305 BC, he declared himself Pharaoh Ptolemy I Later known as Soter, meaning savior The Egyptians soon accepted the Ptolemies As the successors to the pharaohs of independent Egypt
2: Now read that part again
3: the Egyptians,
2: the Egyptians, the original Egyptians that were in that land, they did what?
3: Soon accepted the Ptolemies as the successors to the pharaohs of independent Egypt.
2: They they accepted the Ptolemies. Instead of having pharaohs, they had Ptolemies now. They didn't have a choice. <laughs> That's what it doesn't mention. Because some of us believe or think that colonialism is new. No, colonialism is very old. This is what Esau has done around the globe. Everywhere he went, he brought his ideologies, his custom. He forced it on people. They took Egypt by force. There wasn't no peaceful transition. Remember when Alexander came into power, and y'all go back and watch the movie Alexander. All of the, the nations that he came up against and the nations that came up against him, this dude was conquering. When you conquer the known living world, you conquer the people. You put them under your rulership and authority. So they had no choice but to accept the, the, um, the, 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 the Ptolemies instead of the, the Egyptians of uh, pharaohs. They replaced them. Read on.
3: Ptolemy's family ruled Egypt until the Roman conquest of 30 BC. Like the earlier dynasties, so
2: it says that they ruled until the Romans eventually kicked them out of power. So when the Romans came into power, they kicked the uh, the Greeks, which are the same people, out of power. They took Ptolemy out of power. Read.
3: Right? Like the earlier dynasties of ancient Egypt, <clears throat> the Ptolemaic dynasty practiced inbreeding, including sibling marriage.
2: And they did. This is what they did. And it wasn't just them, because you you can look at the uh, Rothschilds and other uh, famous white families, and this is how they keep they keep their bloodline pure. They do inbreeding or incest. <laughs> I'm talking about much inbreeding, trying to make it sound more uh, palatable to the the palate. <laughs> no, it's incest. Reed?
3: but this did not start in earliest in earnest until nearly a century into the dynasty's history all the male rulers of the dynasty took the name ptolemy while queens regnant were called all called cleopatra what would these
2: what would these queens call
3: were all called cleopatra arsinoe or berenice
2: they were called cleopatra now i want to focus on cleopatra because according to the conscious community and many other unlearned people they're under the impression that cleopatra was black, including the late-deported... What's the comedian's name? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, you know the, the outspoken oh, oh, one. Oh, Paul, Paul Me- Mooney. Did a whole skit on this. Paul, you was wrong. <laughs> Cleopatra was a white woman. There's never been a black Cleopatra. <laughs> Cleopatra comes out of the, the Ptole- or the Ptolemaic dynasty. White people. But these were not the original Egyptians. But you have these the descendants of these Egyptians still there to this day. Hope everybody's understanding this. So all right. And that movie because everybody was complaining about the movie Cleopatra, right? Talking about they got the cast wrong. No, they did not. The cast was right. The original Cleopatra was a white woman. They're Edomites, y'all. So I just wanted to clarify, get some more edification on that. Now I want to move on to uh, the next article real quick. We got like five, four minutes.
3: Which one? The Biden so
2: or- The migrants. So I don't know if y'all have been keeping up with the news and hearing about this, but uh, the migrant issue has heated up quite a bit. So much so, so now you got our brothers from Haiti, And our brothers from Cuba migrating to the States by way of Mexico and Central America. They're they're going that route instead of just selling over on the makeshift rafts and stuff that they used to because the, the, uh, what they call it, the Coast Guard and the Border Patrol and all that, they send them back. So they've been going through uh, South America, Central America, up to Mexico, and then coming in that way. So you got all our brothers and sisters gathered at the border, and a lot of our brothers and sisters are up in arms and mad because Biden came down and only only stayed there for a couple hours. And I'm scratching my head, like, what the hell did y'all think he was going to do? And then I heard one brother, I was listening to F.E.R., he came on, he was talking about, well, Biden didn't stay long enough to see the atrocities and the stuff that's going on down here and uh, how Governor Greg Abbott is a totalitarian and he's this and he's that. Do they don't care. They don't care. They've never cared about black and brown people. Because, and I want everybody to ponder on this. Right now, there's a war going on over in Ukraine, right? Russia invaded Ukraine. They're trying to get the territory back. So have y'all been seeing or hearing about all the Ukrainian immigrants that's been coming to the United States? Huh? Have y'all been hearing... Yeah, they've been coming directly in. They don't have to wait in no damn detention centers. They don't have to wait for paperwork. They don't have to hire coyotes to illegally smuggle them into the country. They can come right in and be citizens and give, get residency here in the United States. Look it up. So why is that? You know why it is? Because they eat the mites. And Edomites look out for other Edomites, so-called white people. They take care of each other. But on the other hand, you get these other people, these black and brown people, trying to get residency here in the United States, and they get turned away. They get put into detention centers. Read the article.
3: Reported by the New York com. <clears throat> Biden visits southern border amid fresh crackdown on migrants. Reported January 8th, 2023. El Paso, President Biden on Sunday made his first visit to the border since taking office. Arriving at a city swamped by migrants amid a historic surge in illegal immigration and anger, parties about how he is handling it.
2: All right, cool. I don't want all the political nonsense. Get the other one. Let's get to the nitty-gritty of this. Let's, Let's get to why they keep this going on.
3: Reported on freedomforimmigrants.org Detention by the numbers Where are people detained in the United States? Freedom for Immigrants maintains the most up-to-date map of U.S. immigration detention system The map tracks more than 200 immigrant prisons and jails and the US as well as the Freedom for Immigrants National Visitation
0: Network. It
2: says that these immigrants are in prison and in jails?
3: Yes.
2: Think about this, y'all. If you get more uh, participation, more population in the prisons, then prison funding goes up. Then they have to build more prisons. There's money in prisons, y'all. Read the next one. Which states detain the most immigrants?
3: According to federal government data from April 2019, Texas, 14,481, Louisiana, 4,415, Arizona, 4,405, California, 4,353, and Georgia, 3,719 are the top five states with the largest number of people in U.S. immigration detention per day.
2: Per day. That's a lot of people, y'all. Read the next one.
3: According to federal government data, over 70% of people are Uh, held. Jump right here. How many people are detained in private immigrant prisons?
2: Private immigrant prisons. I didn't know such a thing existed. Read.
3: According to federal government data, over 70% of people are held in privately run immigrant prisons.
2: Privately run immigrant prisons. So private lets you know that this is a corporation that we're dealing with. It's not the federal government. These are private corporations making money off of immigrants being detained. I hope you all are listening. Read the next part.
3: Who profits from immigrant immigration detention?
2: You Listen to this.
3: According to federal government data, GEO Group receives more taxpayer dollars for immigration detention than any other ICE contractor.
2: GEO Group. Who the hell is that? What does that GEO
0: stand for? Does it say? All right. Go ahead.
3: In fiscal year 2017, GEO Group received $184 million, followed by Corrections Corporation of America, Core Civic. That received $135 million for immigration detention-related service obligations. You see,
2: you see, uh, This is why the immigration problem is going to continue. They talk about uh, we got to do, we got to make political bills, and we got to do all this political BS to uh, do something about this immigration problem. The immigration problem is not a problem for them. They're making money hand over fist. It's very lucrative. Y'all hear this. Read the next portion.
3: Who is held in immigration detention? The U.S. government does not maintain reliable demographics of who is in immigration detention.
2: That's some BS. I'm talking about they ain't, they ain't keeping numbers. Of course you're keeping numbers. you can tell me how many people migrated from Ukraine since the beginning of the war over there, then you damn sure can tell me how many immigrants has passed through y'all borders down there. Stop. Read
3: although government data indicate that the median age of a person deported by ICE is 30 years old. Freedom for immigrants, immigrants data collected from thousands of intakes with people in immigration detention shows that people, the most people in immigrant detention are between 26 to 35 years old.
2: And they've got people down there younger, man. They got babies, kids. There was, They call them un, unaccompanied minors. And I know y'all been hearing about it. If you haven't, then you need to pay closer attention to what's going on on the borders. And there's stuff like this, man, that have me scratching my head and looking at these Negro only Israelites like, I don't know what book y'all reading, man. I I really don't. To say that these people are not our people is just idiotic at this point. You just you you're unstudied, you unlearned, just stupid, man. Let's get Zephaniah chapter two and verse one. And I want us to keep this in mind, too. Why is the Most High having all of this happen? Because the Most High is in control of everything. Why is the Most High bringing our brothers and our sisters to the states? This is why, right here. You got
0: it?
2: Yes, y'all, these are our brothers and sisters. And I'm going to continue uh, with the class to further prove that these are our brothers and sisters. Um, the class title, uh, Never Waxed Pale, uh, The Ten Tries, Part Two. And we got a lot lot of reading to do. Um, it's going to be very informative. And You got that?
3: Yes. Zephaniah 2 and 1, gather yourselves together.
2: This is why the Most High is bringing all our brothers and sisters from <laughs> um, not just uh, South and Central America And Mexico And Most High is bringing our brothers All the way from Cuba <laughs> All the way from Haiti And I don't know if y'all keeping up With the news that's going on in, in Haiti It's getting so bad between Our brothers and sisters and they are related And I'm talking about The tribe of Levi And the tribe of Simeon So y'all know them as Haitians And people from the Dominican, Dominican Republic so the Dominicans are now killing Haitians. They're killing Haitians because they're not Dominicans, and basically it's colorism, y'all. So they're going so far with it to where even if you were you're Haitian and your kids were born on on the other side of the the river, because the river that separate separates the two countries, if your kids were born in the Dominican Republic and you're Haitian, they sending them across the bridge on the other side saying, No, nah, you ain't Dominican, you're Haitian. That's the hatred that they got going on over there. Orchestrated by you know who who always got his damn hand in the the uh the oppression uh pot, the discrimination pot, the, the killing pot, the so called white man. But the reason the Most High is having all of us gather together. Read this again.
3: Gather yourselves together. Yea, gather together. O nation, not desired.
2: And this is the thing me and Michelle talk about often, man. In order for the Israelites to truly gather together as a nation and as a people, because this is how we're going to be delivered, because this is how we came into captivity as a nation and as a people, the Most High has to force it. We're not going to willingly... Be brothers and sisters and come together and unify. That ain't going to happen. The one thing we good at is not unifying. we good at being niggers. we good at being separatists. And this country has taught us that very well, as well as I'm, we got to take responsibility, responsibility for ourselves also. This spirit has been in us. I should say more correctly, this country has nurtured that spirit of independence. But the most hard, having all of this happen so we can gather together, oh, nation, not desire, and who's much more, who's more undesirable than us? Name a nation that is really undesirable as us. I can't think of one because they'll embrace the Chinese people. They like Chinese food and they like the culture and the karate. They'll embrace the Japanese for the same thing, their food and their culture and economics and all that stuff, they'll embrace, even the Arabs, they'll embrace. They'll embrace them. Even though they they say they're terrorists, Taliban, whatever, they'll still embrace them. But who is the nation they will not embrace? The nation they have now on the border, kids and all, telling us to go back to our country, which they destabilized they destabilized these countries and made them corrupt and then they get mad at the people trying to leave the corruption that you made trying to come into your country. Who are the undesirable people, man? It is definitely black and brown people. The undesirable people that get shot on a daily in the street, unarmed by red people. The people that just get What is it? Profiled on a daily, racial profiling. We are the undesirables, the 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 UDS. Read the part again.
3: Gather yourselves together, yea, gather together, O nation not desired. Read. Before the decree brings forth. Why is the Most High bringing us together? Before the decree brings forth.
2: Before the decree comes, that it's a wrap. It's time for Yahusha to come back, who the world knows as Christ, and deliver us before the destruction. Read.
3: Before the day pass as the chaff. Before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you. Before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you.
2: Before his anger comes. Because the Most High is still angry at us, and a lot of us are going to get judgment for that. But the reason the Most High is putting us together, because like the Scripture says, the things that have been, is that we shall be. It says and there is no new thing under the sun, y'all. Like the most high had us gather in Egypt in Gosha, which was like a little suburb or something of Egypt. He had all of us gathered there. But don't get it twisted. (laughs) It was not by choice. Because the first I think two plagues hit everybody, even us. Hit the Egyptians and the Israelites. But then the Israelites that were gathered together in Goshen, nothing happened to them. So what do you think happened to the other Israelites? Oh, ain't nothing happening to y'all over there. We coming over there. <laughs> Not by choice, though. They were trying to get away from those damn plagues. It's no different than what's going on now. The Most High is gathering all of us together in one place so we can watch him work, y'all, so we can see his miracles, so we can see him cripple this place, just the same way he crippled Egypt. I want us to keep this in mind. All right, so I'm transitioning over now to Never Wax the Tail, The Ten Tribes, Part 2. So last week, um, we established, we went to 2nd Ezra, Chapter 13, to the Aztec. Uh, let's do, a, yeah, a little bit of a recap. Let's get the book starting the West. We shop with the water for this book, man. This book is fire, man. So let's go to the store in the West, and let's do page 18, page 19, and page 20. It's because of books like this, man, accompanied with the scriptures. That's why I say, man, brothers, it's just, they ain't reading, they ain't studying. And they have, and I've seen, uh, big shots out to uh, Sakari, He did a, uh gorilla hebrew here hebrew uh what's the brother's name i don't think of it he did a class man apparently these idiots are um once again trying to attack the 12 tribe chart and this is nothing new man it's like these ideologies just keep uh regenerating themselves over and over and over again man it's pathetic, but people trying to say that the twelve tribe chart is um, what page you on?
3: Eighteen.
2: And that's the preface right there. I
3: want to go. The actual number, don't until twenty-four.
2: So. So what page you got? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mm, what well, I say? I said page two forty-five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Page 245 and 247. Yeah, in my bag. I had it mixed up with another book. Um, where was I at? Oh, you're talking about the 12 tribe chart. So I want us to understand this, man. When the Most High gave the elders that revelation of the 12 tribe, tribe chart, we're in the Western Hemisphere, y'all. And this is why the chart is labeled as such. We're not saying that all Israelites are on that chart. That's impossible because the scriptures tell us that we were spread throughout the four corners of the world. So Israelites are all over, and there's countless scriptures in the Bible. So what's the apocrypha that tells us that Israel was scattered throughout all nations? But that revelation that was given to those brothers, Barakatayah, Abasham, Yerushai, blessed be the most high, blessed be Christ, for giving those brothers that revelation to put that chart together so that we in the Western Hemisphere would know how that pertains to us. That's why when you look at it, you have only nations, or I ain't going to say nations, but people from the Western Hemisphere, all compiling of one nation, which is the nation of Israel. So, no, the 12-tribe chart does not list all the Israelites in the whole world. I hope nobody's thinking that. We That chart was made from a Western Hemisphere perspective. But it's very accurate. Biblically and secularly. Am I saying that word right? Yes, secularly. Say it again. Say it louder so they can hear you say it.
3: (laughs) Secularly.
2: All right. Meaning from other sources than the Bible. History books. Which we're about to read right now. You got the page for me?
3: Star in the West, page 245. And first, that of Spanish authors. And here, proper allowance must be made for the prevailing intentions of the first Spanish visitors in their coming to America which with some few exceptions were principally from the most covetous desires of amassing wealth.
2: Uh, I believe we read this last week. So they came here just to get wealth, read on.
3: And obtaining immense riches at all risks and by every means. Also, it must be remembered how few concern, how few concern themselves about the religious state of the natives.
2: So they weren't concerned with the origin or the history of the people that was already here when they got here that they was robbing and stealing and killing from. Read.
3: If they could but get their property, neither did they give themselves any trouble to know their history, their origins, customs, or future expectations, but their gold, their silver, their lands, and their furs were the whole object of their attention.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: We thank God there were some favorable exceptions the learned world are by this time pretty well acquainted with the degree of confidence that ought to be put in the Spanish historians in general.
2: Now, when he said exceptions, there were exceptions to the rule, like this brother who wrote this book. Who's the author of this book?
3: Elias Boudinom.
2: So he was an exception to the rule. Also, uh, Ivan Van Serteman, who wrote They Came Before Columbus, Um. Ronald Sanders, which wrote and Mashab, I forgot about this book. How could I? This book is so far. Lost Tribes and Promised Lands by Ronald Sanders. Uh, the Origins of American Racism. Also the Aztec. Mark Uh by uh Fire Diego Durant. And there are many other books, man. Support got. he's like I should have had him over. Sapar is, is like the expert when it comes to nine and a half. But these are the exceptions. Read
3: on. Further than their accounts are confirmed and supported by after labors of historians of character among other nations. Few of them conversed with the natives in such a manner as to gain their confidence or obtain any intimate knowledge of their customs and manners.
2: They weren't concerned. And this, this is definitely Esau. Esau don't care about your custom and all. All they want is your riches. Later on, they'll dabble a little bit into your culture because they are no people. They have no culture and no heritage. There are no people. Really, they are. They, what is Edomite culture? They don't have none. It's everybody else's culture. So after they got your money and your land and your wealth, then they'll, they'll do a little soul searching and see how empty they are you see, they don't have a purpose or a cause in life, but so they will dabble into your culture because the other nations, they had different gods and different deities. And we, we always had the most high. And we would dabble off into that nonsense, which made the most high angry, and which is why one of the main reasons we're in captivity now. But read on.
3: With any tolerable degree of certainty, they did not treat them as friends, but as the most inveterate enemies and despised, hated, and murdered them without remorse or compunction in return for their kindness and respect, excuse their own ignorance, and to cast a mantle over their most shocking, barbarous, cool, and premeditated murders.
2: So they try to cover it up, just like they're trying to cover it up now, talking about critical race theory and trying to outlaw it from being taught in schools, which is the real history. Real?
3: They artfully described them as an abominable swarm of an idolatrous cannibals.
2: And this is what they call us, idolatrous
3: cannibals. <laughs> cannibals. And I ain't going to lie,
2: some of us were. We were, man. Some of the nine and a half were cannibals. And we definitely were idolatrous. A lot of us still are. We do
3: Offering human sacrifices to their false deities.
2: And go back and watch the movie Apocalypse, oh, y'all. That, that's, that's real. We were doing that, unfortunately. Reed.
3: And eating the unnatural victims.
2: We was doing that, Reed.
3: Notwithstanding, from even many of these partial accounts, we can trace a near agreement between the civil and martial customs, the religious worship, traditions, dress, ornaments, and other particulars of the ancient Peruvians and Mexicans and those of the Indians of North America.
2: So also called Native Americans, read
3: Acosta tells us that the Mexicans had no proper name for God, yet that they allowed a supreme omnipotence and providence. His capacity was not sufficient to discover the former.
2: However, so, so Acosta, he did he only took he only took it for face value. He looked at us, he just made an assumption and he went on. He didn't dig deeper is what the author's saying. Read
3: However, the latter means that Very being and agrees with the religious opinion of their North American brethren. Lopez de Gamara tells us that the Americans were so devout as to offer to the sun and earth a small quantity of every kind of meat and drink.
2: And when it says the Americans, it's talking about the natives, the people that were already here. Read.
3: a, A small quantity of every kind of meat and drink before any of themselves tasted of it. And that they sacrifice a part of their corn fruits, etc, in like manner
2: so it's talking about us doing these sacrifices daily read
3: is not this a confused Spanish account of the imitation of the Jewish daily sacrifice?
2: He said, man, this sounds like the Jewish or the Israelite daily sacrifice read which we have
3: which we have before seen. Are more northern Indians in the constant habit, habit of offering to the supreme holy spirit of fire, whom they invoke in their sacred song of Yehohehovah, a loudly ascribed and loudly ascribed to him, Hallelujah for his continued goodness to them.
2: Read that part again. This is the last part over here.
3: Song of Wai-ho-hi-wa, and loudly ascribe ascribe to him, hallelujah, for his continued goodness to them.
2: For hallelujah. Or y'all know it is hallelujah. So this is what the brothers and sisters were saying as they were offering these sacrifices. Now, let's go to Numbers chapter 28 and start at verse 1. Let's see what this brother was talking about. He said, man, this sounds like the daily sacrifice. He said of the Jew or the Jewish people. It's the daily sacrifice of the Israelites. All right? Numbers chapter 28, verse 1.
3: Numbers, chapter 28, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel, and say unto them, My offering and my bread for my sacrifices made by fire for a sweet savor unto me shall ye observe to offer unto me in their due season.
2: So these are the sacrifices, Read.
3: And thou shalt say unto them, This is the offering made by fire which ye shall offer unto the Lord. Two lambs of the first year without spot day by day for a continual burnt offering.
2: So when he says day by day, this is the daily sacrifice that the brother was talking about in the book we just read. I hope y'all seeing this. Read.
3: The one lamb shalt thou offer in the morning and the other lamb shalt thou offer at even. And a tenth part of an ephah of flour for a meat offering Mingled with the fourth part of a hen of beaten oil It is a continual burnt offering Which was ordained in Mount Sinai for a sweet savor.
2: A continual burnt offering This is a daily sacrifice Because remember the dude said in the book That these Native Americans that were encountered Were doing this Where did he get it from? This is before we had the 1611 King James or any other Bible, they were already doing this. What verse are you in?
3: A sacrifice made by fire unto the Lord, and the drink offering thereof shall be the fourth part of an hen for the one lamb. In the holy place shalt thou cause the strong wine to be poured unto the Lord for a drink offering. I'm
2: reading the verse eight, including eight. Yeah, we stop at verse eight. Yeah.
3: And the and the other lamb shalt thou offer at even, as the meat offering of the morning, and as the drink offering thereof, thou shalt offer it a sacrifice made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord.
2: This is what the brother, brother just broke down in the book, A Star in the West. Now, let's go to the book, The Aztec. This is by Diego Durant. Um, I think I got his name right.
3: The Aztecs by Fray Diego Duran. Let's see.
2: Page uh, four. Four. Now listen to his account. Read.
3: The Indians have traditions regarding a great man.
2: So the Indians the Na- Native Americans. Read.
3: After suffering many afflictions and persecutions on the part of his countrymen, gathered the multitude of his followers and pres- persuaded them to flee from that persecution to a land where they could live in peace. Having made himself leader of those people, he went to the seashore and moved the water with a rod that he carried in his hand. Then the sea opened, and he and his followers went through, and the enemies, seeing this opening made, went behind him, but the waters returned to their place.
2: What does this sound like to y'all? This is Moses is talking about. This is the story of Exodus. But he said that the Indians, the so-called Native Americans, they gave him this story.
3: Read on. And the pursuers were never heard of again. Mm -hmm. What clearer proof need we that these people were Jews than the story of the flight from Egypt wherein Moses moved the waters with his rod. The sea opened and a path appeared. And after Pharaoh followed with his army, God returned the sea to its place all the enemy being then drowned in the deep. If the previous account were not convincing enough, I should like to tell about another event that the Indians claim happened on their long migration.
2: She's like, oh, this story wasn't good enough for you? I got another story. Want to hear it? Here it goes.
3: While they were camped by some hills, a frightful earthquake occurred. The earth opened and swallowed certain evil men in an, an occurrence which filled the other people with dread. Having seen the painting of this event, I was reminded of the Book of Numbers, where it was where it is told how the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up Korah and Dathan and Abiram.
2: Now, hold this and let's go there. Let's go to Numbers chapter sixteen, verse thirty-four. How are these so-called savages getting all these biblical historical accounts dead on? Reminds you. Before we had the sixteen eleven. Read.
3: Numbers sixteen thirty four, and all Israel that were round about them fled at the cry of them, for they said, "Lest the earth swallow us up also." And there came out a fire from the Lord and consumed the two hundred and fifty men that offered incense.
2: So this is a, this is the earthquake that killed Korah and Dathan. And then the fire came down. I believe it killed the Reubenites. What verse are you in? All right, cool. Let's go uh, back to the Aztec. We're going to finish reading that paragraph.
3: In the same Indian painting was shown how sand or very fine hail rained on them. And when I inquired what this meant, the people told me that the sand from the sky rained on their forefathers continually during the journey that they made to reach this land.
2: So, us in the wilderness, read.
3: If I am not deceived, this must be the manna. The what? The manna.
2: (laughs) They called it sand. (laughs) It was manna. Look at this dude. He was obviously a biblical scholar. Because he was putting the stories right, lining them right up with the Bible. He knew exactly what they were talking about. But my question, once again, is how would they know this if they were not Israelites? Read on.
3: This must be the manner with which God sustained the Jews in the desert as chapter 16 of Exodus relates. The first words in Genesis are, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In this way, an aged man from Cholula, about 100 years old, began to describe their origins to me. This man, who from sheer age walked bent over toward the earth, was quite learned in ancient traditions. When I begged him to enlighten me about some details to put into this history, he asked me what I wanted him to narrate. I realized I had found an old and learned person.
2: So he was a hundred. He like, what you want me to narrate? Narrate to you. He was like, man, I can go anywhere with this. Now I want you to jump over to page fourteen. Same book, page fourteen. Yeah.
3: Mhm. Page fourteen. In the year eleven ninety three, after the birth of our Redeemer. Jesus Christ, the Aztec nation, nation reached this land.
2: So this dude said that the Aztec nation or the nine and a half tribes reached over in this land when? In the year
3: 1193, after the birth of our Redeemer, Jesus
2: Christ. This is his guesstimation, right? Read.
3: These people, like the others who populated the country, departed from seven caves in a land called Azatlan.
2: So it wasn't just the Aztecs, it was more of them, right? Read on.
3: This name could mean whiteness or palace of the herons.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
3: of this, the people were called Aztecs, which means people of whiteness.
2: So they were called the Aztecs, and he said that this name could mean people of white, whiteness. Read.
3: They were also called Mexican or Mexican in honor of the priest and Lord who guided them, whose name was Metshi.
0: Hold on, wait a minute.
2: Yeah, you didn't read this part. Oh, did you?
0: Yeah, I can read it again. Mm
2: All right, cool. So, let me see. Let's get... uh, They came before Columbus. This one. Uh page. Now page one fifty four. Yeah, I don't know why I had that fourteen in there. That we just read out of the Aztec. But anyway, go to uh they came before Columbus, page one fifty four.
3: They came before Columbus, page 154. They started out she from the... an
2: author, too, that one.
3: Yes. Um, this is by Ivan Van Sertima. Mm-hmm. They started out from the Red Seaport of Ezion Geber, proceeded down along the coast, east coast of Africa, rounded the Cape, sailed up... Now,
2: hold on. The day that he's talking about He's talking about the Africans, uh, well, who he thinks is Africans, But these are actually Israelites, y'all. Read on.
3: Sailed up along the west coast and entered the Mediterranean through the Straits of Gibraltar, returning thus to Egypt. The round trip took them three years.
2: So what they basically did is they did a loop around Africa to see if they could do it.
3: Mm -hmm. Now jump there. Page 155, there were 11 Negroid colossi and all found in the Olmec world.
2: So they says there was 11
3: what? 11 Negroid colossi.
2: Colossi is a big statue, y'all. It's a big statue of of, of a head. So this is what it's talking about. And in particular, um, matter of fact, it's going to say, read on.
3: Four of these dominated the La Venta site. Against these massive figures was one major Mediterranean-type caucasoid. The Mediterranean figure with a beard is seven feet in height, carved on a seal, which he shares with a headless companion. This is a flat representation. Matter of fact,
2: I'm sorry. Bear with me, y'all. Bear with me. I'm trying to get my thoughts together and get my notes together also. So go back to – Read that again from the top.
3: There were 11 Negroid Colossi colossi in all. So
2: it was 11 Negroid, meaning black. These statues, these huge statues were black statues. This is where we get the Olmecs from. The Olmecs, you know them big heads that's found down in Central South America and Mexico? And those heads are black people. Read on
3: Dominated the Venta site.
2: So it says that they dominated the LaVenta. Now, I got that. Pull the, read this right here.
3: From Wikipedia, LaVenta. LaVenta is a pre-Columbian archaeological site. Of- so
2: when it says pre Columbia, before Columbus. And remember, this book is titled what? What's the title of the book again? This like- they Came Before Columbus.
3: They came before Columbus: The African Presence in Ancient America by Ivan Van Sertima.
2: Right, and when he says African, once again, he's talking about Israelites, y'all. Read on in the um this is right here.
3: Lebenta is a pre-Columbian archaeological site of the Olmec civilization, located in the present-day Mexican state of Tabasco. Have been moved to the museum Museo de la Venta
2: Alright so these artifacts were left They're still there they're in museums So these big black heads Are in museums This goes Right along with what the brothers talk about In this book read on Pick up from the book
3: Okay from They came before Columbus Against these massive figures Was one major Mediterranean Type Caucasoid the Mediterranean figure is
2: carcasoid, so the so picture of big big black statues, big black people, then they have a picture of white people all right I want to pay attention to this or oh, a statue of white people Read.
3: the Mediterranean figure with a beard is seven feet in height and carved on a seal which he shares with a headless companion. This is a flat representation or drawing. Whereas the Negro heads are full-bodied, realistic sculptures of great size, nearly 10 times larger than life. Do people build monuments and altars and oracles to slaves
2: which... You you hear what he's saying. Read it again.
3: Do people build monuments and altars and oracles to slaves which surpass in significance, size, and number those representing their masters?
2: He's asking a question. Read.
3: Here is no attempt whatever to perceive the relationship created by the historical realities of the period. All we have in spite of a revolutionary pre-Columbian find is a reactionary post-Columbian reflex. Black man <laughs> found standing beside white man. Relationship? Black man obviously servant or captive or slave.
2: This is what their assumption of what the statue means.
3: White man obviously master. History in this conception has not changed one whit. No, it has
2: not. 676 B.C., A.D.
3: 1976, races and people seem frozen in an immemorial stance.
2: No doubt. He's saying that this is society's placement of black people as, as it pertains to white people. We always are the slaves of the servants. We even portrayed that way in all the movies, most of them anyway. All right, from there, jump to page, um, what page is that right there?
3: That was 155.
2: 157.
3: First of all, the pyramids. They have a very long history in the Mediterranean world.
2: We're talking about the pyramids right now, y'all. Read.
3: The type found in America the Ste- the step pyramid may be traced to ancient Babylon and Egypt
2: he said that the pyramids come on man can't make this stuff up read that again
3: the they have a very long history in the Mediterranean world the type found in America the step pyramid the Steppe- read may be traced to ancient Babylon and egypt
2: How the hell you get Babylonian pyramids in the Americas. Huh? They would have to have some type of knowledge on how you how to build pyramids. They ain't all real.
3: It is also known by the name of Ziggurat. The Ziggurat step Pyramid or step Temple is a distinctive a type of religious architecture as a Chinese pagoda or a Mohammedan mosque, it has been. What he's
2: saying is these step pyramids are distinguished. You can't confuse them for any type of other pyramids. This is what he's saying. So, because you will have historians, no, these are not the same pyramids that were in Babylon, and he's going to tell you here, or the same type of pyramids that were in Egypt. Now ask yourself, how did these same step pyramids that were in Egypt appear over here in the Americas because the people that built them were living here in the Americas, now known as Native Americans or Indians, the same Israelites that were in Egypt. Read on.
3: It has been found nowhere in the old world without clear and incontestable proof of diffusion. It goes back 3,000 years before Christ. Among the most noted Egyptian step pyramids are the Pyramid of Dozier of Dozer at Saqqara, 2750 BC, and the Pyramid of Meidum, built for Pharaoh Sneferu, 2700 BC. There were no pyramids in America before the Contact Period, 800 to 680 BC. The very first American pyramid or step temple. Appears at La Venta.
2: Appears where?
3: At La Venta.
2: Now, wh- where where is La Venta? Let's read this again.
3: La Venta is a pre-Columbian archaeological site of the Olmec civilization located in the present-day Mexican state of Tabasco.
2: Mexico. They found these pyramids in Mexico. Who built them? Ancestors. Israelites. This is the nine and a half or the ten tribes, y'all that have been here building damn pyramids, worshiping other deities other than the Most High. Because we know the Most High nobody, never told us to build no damn pyramids. But where did we learn to build, build pyramids at? In ancient Egypt when we were there in captivity. Read on.
3: The site of the colossal negroid heads and the steel on which is carved the Mediterranean type figure with... These
2: big nigger heads. <laughs> Read on. The... Okay.
3: The site of the colossal negroid heads and the steel on which is carved the Mediterranean type figure with beard and turned up shoes.
2: With beards. <laughs> Come on, man. Read on.
3: Other notable step pyramids in America are the Pyramid of Cholula dedicated to Quetzalcoatl, 150 B.C., and the Pyramid of the Sun at Teotihuacan, near Mexico City.
2: See, this is our idolatry. We don't.
3: We should also mention the Cerro Colorado Pyramid in the Chicama Valley in northern Perú where the influence of the visitors to the Gulf of Mexico later diffused.
2: All our people, man. You see how these people, this is not a coincidence. Go ahead.
3: It would appear from the above that the major criterion has been met. There is clear evidence of long evolution of a unique architectural configuration in the area from which the aliens are presumed to have come and no evidence of antecedents in the area where they landed.
2: Now, he's touching on now, because you have archaeologists and historians say, no, those idiots, they didn't build those pyramids. They're the savage savages. They're not, they're not smart enough. Aliens built those pyramids. Y'all heard that
3: theory before?
2: Nonsense. He's mocking them right here. You know?
3: Suddenly, in the contact period, the ziggurat or step temple, a particular kind of Babylonian Egyptian pyramid, begins to appear in America.
2: Suddenly, read.
3: And not only is the design identical like its presumed prototype.
2: He said that these pyramids are identical to the ones found in ancient Egypt and Babylon. Read.
3: It is sun star oriented and encircled by a precinct. Not only are the shape and religious function the same, but also the astronomical and spatial relationships. There is, however, one serious objection. The Egyptians, it would appear, had stopped building pyramids since 1600 B.C., particularly this kind of pyramid. In other words, the American pyramid, if it was influenced by aliens.
2: So if aliens built the American Step Pyramid, read
3: in the contact period would have had to come from an architect in the migrant group who was nostalgically returning to classical or early Egyptian architecture. The <laughs> heyday of Egyptian step pyramid was long over. <laughs> what he's saying is that these, these
2: aliens, they got a sense of nostalgia and they decided to build these ancient pyramids, which the Egyptians had stopped building. He's mocking them for this alien theory. It's nonsense. But he's letting us know that these same people that built the pyramids over here in, a, in the Americas are the same ones that were over. Ancient Egypt held as captives and that built all those treasure c- cities for Ramesses. So let's get Exodus. What page you at? Exodus <inaudible>
3: 158. Cool.
2: Exodus chapter 1. And start at verse 1. they will give any, anybody the credit. they will give any other species credit, but it just cannot be you niggas. You niggas didn't create nothing. <laughs> it could be aliens, fish people, um, whatever they could think of, man. It just was not you niggas. Who oh, we yeah.
3: Exodus 1 and 1.
2: Really?
3: Now these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt,
2: the children of Israel, eh?
3: every man and his household came with Jacob,
0: mm-hmm.
3: Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Nestali, Gad, and Asher, and all the souls that came out of the loins of Jacob were 17 souls.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: For Joseph was in Egypt already,
0: mm-hmm. and Joseph
3: died. And all his brethren and all that generation.
2: So one generation passed on, read.
3: And the children of Israel were fruitful and well, increased.
2: Well, it was more children of Israel. We didn't just die off right there. We were still there, read.
3: And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly.
2: And we grew, read on. We became a nation there in Egypt, read.
3: And multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty. Mm-hmm. And the land was filled with them.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Now there arose up a new king over Egypt which knew not Joseph.
2: So we fell out of favor with the Egyptians, read. Right?
3: And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it comes to pass that when they are fallen out of any war, they join also unto our enemies and mm-hmm. fight against us, mm-hmm. and so get them up out of the land.
0: So
2: the Egyptians were afraid of us because we were numerous and we had wealth. Real. We
3: Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. Mm-hmm. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities. And this
2: is the part I want to get to. We built what?
3: Treasure cities.
2: Who built these treasure cities? We did. The Israelites did. You know, the, the cities or the remnants of the cities, you can still go in ancient Egypt and see the the major tourist attraction over in Egypt is what? The pyramids that we built. What verse is that?
3: eleven. Read on. Pithom and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied in groups.
2: Mm-hmm. Stress babies. Read.
3: And they were grieved because of the children of Israel.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And the Egyptians made the children of the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage. Is
2: that 14? Yes. That's it? Read the rest of it.
3: In mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the field, all their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor.
2: Right. So the point I wanted to get out of that is that we were builders. We built the pyramids, so it would only make sense why we would build them over here in the Americas. Now, let's get this right here.
3: From Wikipedia. Los Lunas Decalogue Stone.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: The Los Lunas Decalogue Stone is a large boulder on the side of Hidden Mountain, near Los Lunas, New Mexico.
2: So this stone is in New Mexico. Read.
3: About thirty-five miles south of Albuquerque.
2: It's that close? Machado you I never took me to see this. You know.
3: That bears a very spectacular inscription, carved into a flat panel. The stone is also known as Los Lunas Mystery Stone or Commandment Rock.
2: So it's called the Commandment Rock also because on this stone, read.
3: The stone is controversial in that some claim the inscription is pre-Columbian and therefore a proof of early Semitic contact with the Americas.
2: So when it says Semitic, it's talking about Israelites. And it's called the Commandment Stone because the commandments carved into the stone in ancient Paleo-Hebrew.
0: Read.
3: The first recorded mention of the stone is in 1933 when Professor Frank Hibben, who lived from 1910 to 2002, an archaeologist from the University of New Mexico, saw it. According to a 1996 interview, Hibben was convinced the inscription is ancient and thus authentic. He reported that he first saw the text in 1933. At the time, it was covered with lichen and patination and was hardly visible. He claimed he was taken to the site by a guide who claimed he had seen it as a boy back in the 1880s. However, Hibben's testimony is tainted by charges that in at least two separate incidents, he fabricated some or all of his archaeological data to support his pre-Clovis migration theory.
2: See? You see how they do us? It could be anything but you niggas. You niggas
3: are not
2: God's chosen people. Read on.
3: The reported 1880s date of discovery is important to those Who believe that the stone is pre-Columbian However, the Paleo-Hebrew script Which is closely related to the Phoenician script Was known to scholars by at least 1870 Thus not precluding the possibility of a modern hoax So they're trying
2: to say that this stone is a hoax Anything, man Anything to say we ain't God's chosen people Now let's go to this book Lost Tribes and Promised Lands Get page 77 now I'm I'm only bringing I only bring the, brought the Los Lunas stone out to show the mountain of evidence to support all the other evidence that I've been bringing out, man. It's like you got so much evidence. You arguing that we ain't the Israelites, that the so-called Native Americans are not the, the ten tribes or nine and a half tribes. It's just stupid. It's without merit. Which you are you at? Sorry.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. From Lost Tribes and Promised Lands, The Origins of American Racism by Ronald Sanders. Mm-hmm. Page 77. A striking element in Columbus's geographical religiosity is his intense and abiding interest in the fourth or second Book of Esdras.
2: So it says that Columbus was interested in the second Book of Ezra. We got this out of, uh, what was the other book we had? The so conquest of America, same thing. So all of these, all of this information is is all lining up, and you notice these authors—they'll quote each other. Read
3: the two apocryphal books of Ezra purport to be additional writings by and about the Old Testament Ezra, but the second or fourth book is a piece of fluff-fledged Hellenistic apocalyptic writing that was often regarded with suspicion by the church and justice often embraced by the heterodox by the heterodox.
2: So once again, here are people doubting so Esau, the Edomites, trying to say, No, that book is not a can a canon book. No, we're disputing the book of Ezra. But Columbus used it for his navigation.
3: Read on. Augustine had been given had given guarded approval to Ezra's prophetic claims and much was always to be made of this by the latter's defenders including Columbus in the marginal notes to Columbus's copy of Diele is a relatively lengthy discourse on second Ezra 642 which reads Upon the third day thou didst command that the waters should be gathered up in the seventh part of the earth. Six parts thou hast dried up and kept them to the intent that of these some being planted of God and tilled might serve thee.
2: And we already got that. We got the same thing out of the conquest of America. Read on.
3: Ezra is the Greek form of the name,
2: and it is
3: the form used instead of Ezra. In the Vulgate, where Nehemiah is the second book of Ezra, this is why Ezra's the first and second of the English apocrypha are often referred to in Romance countries as the third and fourth books of Ezra. We shall use the English enumeration.
2: Right. So Kesha case y'all didn't know, this is why uh, it's called um, Ezra, and the spelling is different in the apocrypha, but it's still talking about the same Ezra that's in the Bible. Mm-hmm.
3: This was often to be cited by Columbus, who argued that since only one-seventh of the world was water, a good deal more dry land than yet was known remained to be discovered overseas.
2: See, he used this. So it must be a reliable source of information. If he found the Americas, he didn't found and discover anything because the people were already here, but he made it to the Americas based off the book of 2nd Ezra. So it must have some validity to it, right? Read.
3: But Columbus seems to have found more in Ezra than just this geographical argument. Here is one of the things he writes about. This verse in his marginal notes, see, is not accepted by the reprobate Jews. Hmm. Yet it is, it has been accepted by the innumerable ones, innumerable ones amongst them who have been who have believed in the gospel. Israel has thus been split into two branches, a division predicted as inevitable by the prophet Samuel to King Saul.
2: Now, it's talking about several things here. It's talking about the split of the kingdom, and it's also talking about uh, Jews who didn't believe in Christ and Jews that did believe in Christ. So Israelites that believed in Yahweh Shah, Israelites that didn't. Read?
3: The reprobate Jews themselves hold Ezra, that is, the Old Testament Ezra, as a canonical authority. So
2: they say it's a canonical book. Read. This
3: this, This sudden display of interest in Jewish matters is startling and weighs considerably in favor of the argument that Columbus was a new Christian. What it clearly does, at any rate, is establish a racial viewpoint on the Judeo-Christian tradition that is rather unprecedented, though certainly in keeping with the spirit of the times. For the assertion is that there are now two kinds of Jews in the world, those who have seen the light of Christian revelation.
2: So those that believe in Christ.
3: And those who have not.
2: And those that didn't believe in Christ. It's no different than just all you read throughout the whole New Testament. Read on.
3: But that even the former baptized, though they may be, still are Jews. Indeed, the reference to Samuel's prophecy establishes a parallel with the divided kingdom of the Old Testament and thereby gives to the new Christians the role of the southern kingdom of Judah as the keeper of the great tradition.
2: So you had northern kingdom, southern kingdom, like I explained this earlier in the um, segments of this class, the southern kingdom was Judah, Benjamin, and some Levites. And then you had the northern kingdom, which featured all the rest of the tribes. Read.
3: But if that is the case, then what is the role of the rest of the Christian world, non-Jewish in descent?
2: Right. So he said, what's the role of the rest of the Christian world, non-Jewish? So what he's saying is, where do we fit in at? Y'all don't. That's the answer to that question read on
3: the ethnocentrism here is extreme
2: so the ethnocentrism what's the big word
3: ethnocentrism
2: which basically means uh priority or authority or my race is better than yours that's basically what it means chosen people read
3: along with this racial christianity is an idea of revelation that places the mythical esdras right at the center for the note is saying that the acceptance of the apocryphal Esdras as valid prophecy is what distinguishes the new Christians from the reprobate Jews.
2: So look at this, y'all. It's a lot of political jargon going on here. What they're trying to do, remember they call, in this segment, he called Ezra's mythical. Because what they're trying to do is discount uh 2nd Esdras, his scriptures because of all the archaeology and the, and the history that lines up with it that proves that we're the true chosen people of God. Like I said, man, they go through relentless efforts to
3: hide who we are. Read all? Okay. Uh, reprobate Jews who reject him, even though they regard the Old Testament Ezra, the same person, in Columbus's eyes as canonical authority. In other words, to repudiate the vision of the apostle Ezra is as if to repudiate the Jehovah of the prophets, and presumably the result will be the same.
2: What he's saying is, if you want to say that Ezra is fake and you don't accept Ezra, then you're basically saying that you don't accept the Most High. (laughs) That's what he's saying. Read.
3: The rabbinical Jews of Spain the note seems to imply are to be the lost tribes of modern times. One wonders whether this note was written before or after the expulsion of the Jews in 1492.
2: So, you did have Israelites all throughout Spain, and we were put out in 1492, which coincidentally, coincidentally, is the age of conquest and when Columbus started his voyage for the Americas. Hey Michelle, you got me going to. I guess you got me going to twelve thirty. No, no. So keep going.
3: But meanwhile, the apostle Esdras, by the way, a book of special importance to many new Christians, has a good deal to say about the original lost tribes, and this could not have passed lightly under Columbus's somewhat mystical gaze.
2: Hmm. Col- meaning Columbus caught this when he read the book. He caught it.
3: Read. Surely he saw special meaning for his own times and for himself in this passage in Second Ezra 13, through, uh, 2 through 5. And lo, there arose a wind from the sea, that it moved all the waves thereof. And I beheld, and lo, that man waxed strong with the thousands of heaven. And when he turned his countenance to look, all the things trembled, that were seen under him.
0: And he's quoting
2: Second Ezra chapter 13. Read up.
3: And whensoever the voice went out of his mouth, all they burned that heard his voice, mm-hmm. like as the earth faileth when it feeleth the fire. And after this I beheld, and lo, there was gathered together a multitude of men out of number from the four winds of the, of the heaven to subdue that, the man that came out of the sea. But this warlike multitude is subdued by the man from the sea, and then another multitude, a peaceable one, comes to him, whereof some were glad, some were sorry, some of them were bound, and others some brought of them that were offered.
2: Talking about us. The Israelites, read.
3: That is, brought him slaves from their midst. How could the exaltedly visionary Columbus not have seen an image of himself in this
2: so columbus arrogant as hell seeing himself as the man that came out the water no it ain't talking about you fool it's talking about yahweh shai it's talking about christ not you read
3: certainly after his voyages of american discovery but perhaps even earlier after making some voyages to the guinea coast during his young years in portugal If Columbus did indeed glimpse himself in the role of the man from the sea, then Esdras' identification of the peaceful multitude takes on special significance. Mm. Chapter 13, verses 40 through 42. Those are the ten tribes which were carried away prisoners out of their own land in the time of Hosea the king, whom Salmaneser, the king of Assyria, led away captive. And he carried them over the waters and so came they into another land. To what? Another land.
2: Another land I read this. Mm-hmm. But Columbus read this also.
3: Counsel among themselves that they would leave the multitude of the heathen and go forth into a further country where never mankind dwelt. That they there that they might there keep their statutes, which they never kept in their own land. Mm-hmm. Ezra's interpretation of the peaceable multitude then goes on to say that the lost tribes entered into Euphrates by the narrow passages of the river.
2: Now, I already got that, and they came before Columbus, how it's possible to sail around the coast of Africa. So when he's talking about they came to Euphrates, he's talking about the same concept, y'all. The same concept. Read
3: Which they were able to ford because God stopped the flow of waters. Now
2: it talks about God stopped the flow of waters. Support had a bookie. We covered this before too, where it talked about how the ocean has different uh, pockets. I forgot exactly what they were called. But if y'all seen the movie, uh, the new Black Panther uh, Part Two, they they they're describing these. what the hell are these things? They're called water water tunnels, I believe. They have them in the movie. That that ain't Hollywood. That ain't made up, y'all. That is actual. The ocean has different water pockets, so this is what it's talking about. Read that part again.
3: Waters for them, and then traveled another year and. another the
2: part about the Most High holding the waters. You might have to read up a
3: little bit. Okay. Yes. Ezra's interpretation of the peaceable multitude then goes on to say that the lost tribes entered into Euphrates by the narrow passages of the river, which they were able to ford because God stopped the flow of waters because for the them.
2: Because God stopped the flow of waters. Once again, going into the different water pockets that the ocean has in them. The different currents that take you into different directions. Read on.
3: And then traveled another year and a half to a region called Arsareth, evidently a Greek corruption of the Hebrew arets aharet.
2: Now listen to what what they're saying right here. Read that part again.
3: And then traveled another year and a half to a region called Arsareth. Evidently a Greek corruption Of the Hebrew arex, arex.
2: That's what it should be In the apocrypha But since the apocrypha was written in Greek It's pronounced that other word And what does the word mean
3: Another country
2: It means another country I hope everybody sees this And what is America But another country Remember it was called the new world Read
3: they were, they were there, they were to remain until the latter time. And now, when they shall begin to come, the highest shall stay the springs of the stream again, that they may go through. Therefore, sawest thou the multitude which we are already familiar with, much of this terrain. As for the man from the sea, Ezra identifies him, chapter 13, Verse 26, as he whom God, the highest, hath kept a great season, which by his own self shall deliver his creature. In other words, the Messiah, excuse me, in other words, the Messiah. Did Mm -hmm. Columbus have any messianic pretensions?
2: (laughs) No, he did not, because he thought it was talking about him. Now, grab that uh, they came before Columbus. And go back to page. um, Where was we at? Go back. No, go back to one fifty four. I want to deal with that one. uh, That paragraph we read earlier.
3: They came before Columbus, the African presence in ancient America, page one fifty four. They started out from the Red Sea, Red Sea port of Ezion Geber.
2: Of where?
3: Ezion Gibber.
2: Now give me 1 Kings chapter 9 verse 26 when it says they. It's dealing with, because uh, it says they and then it says uh, Ezron, Ezron Gibber. That's where they started off at, right?
3: First Kings. So we're going to
2: 1 Kings chapter 9 verse 26.
3: 1 Kings 9 and 26. And King Solomon made a navy of ships.
2: So King Solomon who was king of the Israelites, this is during the time of Solomon, he made a navy of ships. Where in?
3: In Ezion-Geber. In where? Ezion-Geber. Now hold this and read again what we
2: just read. They came before Columbus.
3: They started out from the Red Seaport of Ezion-Geber.
2: The day is talking about the Israelites, not no Africans. So the brother got his facts right. He just got the uh, cash wrong. Not Africans, but Israelites. Read on. Yep, from that book.
3: Proceeded down along the east coast of Africa, rounded the Cape, sailed up along the west coast, and entered the Mediterranean through the Straits of Gibraltar, returning thus to Egypt. The round trip took them three years.
2: So they, they sailed around Africa. Now let's go to first, go back to first, Kings chapter 9, verse 26, and read that again.
3: And Solomon made a navy of ships in ezion Geber, which is beside Eloth, on the shore of the Red Sea. In- and the,
2: of the Red Sea. That's down by the damn Mediterranean. It's the same region, y'all. So Solomon had a navy that actually did sailing. <laughs> They were familiar with sailing. They were familiar with the seas, the currents, navigation. They were Israelites. Yes. Oh, we're going back to that. Where where you at? Yeah, keep reading.
3: In the land of Edom, Mm -hmm. and Hiram sent in the navy his servants, shipmen that had knowledge of the sea, with the servants of Solomon.
2: So, this. Heron uh, Heron dude, and I believe he was uh, Phoenician. I believe he was, because the Phoenicians were uh, they were known for uh, their navigation. But I wanted to understand also that um, some of those Phoenicians it was actually Israelites, y'all, through migration, through migration, but. This Hiram dude, he had a bunch of navy servants. Solomon had navy servants. The point I'm b- trying to bring out is that we were familiar with sailing, y'all. Now, um, from there, stay Kings, Go to First Kings chapter ten now, and read verse eleven.
3: First Kings ten eleven, and the navy also of Hiram that brought gold from Ophir brought in from Ophir great plenty of Alma trees and precious stones and the king made of the Almog trees pillars for the house of the Lord and for the king's house parks also and salt trees for singers
2: so once again talking about the Navy now jump to uh, verse 22 same chapter
3: for the king had at sea a navy of king
2: solomon had at sea a navy of
3: tarshish
2: tarshish talking about spain read
3: with the navy of hiram once in three years came the navy of tarshish uh, bringing gold and silver ivory and apes and peacocks
2: so how often did they do this
3: once in once in three years
2: once in three years now let's go to second edges chapter 13. Start at verse, verse forty.
3: Second Ezra, chapter thirteen, verse forty, from the Apocrypha. Those are the ten tribes which were carried away prisoners out of their own land in the time of Hosea the king, whom Salmanassar, the king of Assyria, led away captive, and he carried them over the waters. And so came they into another land. Reed. But they took this counsel among themselves that they would leave the multitude of the heathen. So they
2: would leave the other nations, read.
3: And go forth into a further country where never mankind dwelt.
2: So these are the same people that were familiar with sailing. So how are they going to leave and go into another country where never, no other man, man dwell? It had to be by ship. Wasn't no planes back then. What no trains? They were going to sail. They knew navigation. Read
3: that they might there keep their statutes, which they never kept in their own land.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And they entered into Euphrates by the narrow passages of the river.
0: Mm-hmm. For
3: the Most High then showed signs for them,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and held still the flood until they, till they were passed over. Read. For through that country, there was a great way to go.
2: So it was a great way to go through that country, Reed.
3: Namely, of a year and a half.
2: How long was it going to take them to get there?
3: A year and a half.
2: About a year and a half. Now, are you still holding First uh, Kings 10, 22? And how, and, how, and how did they know where they was going? And how did they know how long it was going to take? Unless they had took the journey before. This is how they knew. They they came up with the exact number of how long it was going to take them to get there. Read this.
3: First Kings ten twenty two. For the king had at sea a navy of Tarshish with the navy of Hiram. Once in three years came the navy of Tarshish bringing Once folk.
2: in three years. Three years. So it took them a year and a half to get over there. And it took them a year and a half to get back, which would give you a total of what?
0: Three.
2: Three years. So going back to second entrance again. Chapter 13, verse
3: 45. For through that country there was a great way to go, namely of a year and a half.
2: So they knew it was going to take them a year and a half to get over there from previous selling experience. And Hold up, man! I gotta get this. What you
3: finna say? And the and the same region is called Arsareth.
2: The same region is called what? Arsareth, which means a further land. How in the hell did they know all of this information? Unless they have previously been there. Come on, y'all. They couldn't have made this stuff up. You, you, so you see it, huh? <laughs> they couldn't have made this stuff up, man. They they were not fly by night. They wasn't. They wasn't guessing. They 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 had previous experience going to these places, coming to the New World. All right, read on in uh, Second episode. verse forty six.
3: Then dwelt they there until the latter time. Until the what? The latter time.
2: So this is prophecy. So these ten tribes, or nine and a half tribes, were going to be here for how long? Until the latter time. We're going to be here to the later times. Read.
3: And now when they shall begin to come, the highest shall say the springs of the stream again. That they may go through. Therefore, sawest thou the multitude with peace.
2: Verse forty. Verse uh. five. All right, cool. So the the nine and a half, they're all here in the Americas, not unified, but all here. So you had the uh, um, you had us coming over here. During the time of Solomon, then you had um, the, uh, the Age of Conquest, 1492. Then you had the um, slave trade, which actually started in the 1400s, was popularized for starting in 1519. So you had the Most High bringing the Southern. He had already brought the Northern Kingdom here. We were already here. Then he brought the Southern Kingdom over here. So let's get that. Let's get uh Ezekiel chapter 37. Because the most I said he was going to do this. So Ezekiel chapter 37 and start verse 1. Ezekiel
3: 37 and 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me And carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. Full of bones, read. And caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry.
0: Mm -hmm. And he
3: said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? Mm -hmm. And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest.
2: So you know, read.
3: Again, he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. Mm -hmm. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. Mm -hmm. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bones to his bones. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them.
2: So this is uh, Ezekiel, and the Most High told him to go out and to teach these bones. This is allegory, y'all, and it's going to explain who the bones are. Read on.
3: And the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from our from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied prophesy
2: talking about the four winds, he's talking about the four corners of the world. Read?
3: So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army.
2: An exceeding great army. Read.
3: Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel.
2: Who are these bones? The
3: whole house of Israel.
2: These bones are the Israelites. They were once before dried and, and they were dead. <laughs> It's basically what he's saying and we were dead until he prophesied unto us remember the breath he's talking about he breathing to us that was the word of the most high so hold this and let's jump and let's get um i think it's wisdom of solomon do Bear with me, y'all. Bear with me. I'm sorry. So it's Wisdom of Solomon chapter seven and story twenty four.
3: Wisdom of Solomon chapter seven. Verse 24, for wisdom is more moving than any motion.
2: So it's telling you that move, wisdom moves faster than anything that, that moves. Read.
3: She passes and goeth through all things by reason of her pureness.
2: So wisdom is in all things. It passes and goes through all things. Read.
3: For she is the breath of the power of God. And what's, what is the breath of the power of the Mozart?
2: Wisdom. Wisdom is the breath and the power of the Most High. So in Ezekiel, where it says that the breath of the Most High spread upon these bones, it was the Most High's what? Listen. It was His wisdom that spread throughout us. Now let's get Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 5, Let's get what the Most High's wisdom is. Hold Ezekiel. We come right back to it. Deuteronomy chapter
3: 4, verse 5.
0: Read. Behold,
3: I have taught you statutes and judgments, Mm -hmm. even as the Lord, my God, commanded me.
2: So statutes and judgments, read.
3: That ye should do so in the land whither ye go to possess it. Mm -hmm. Keep, therefore, and do them.
2: So keep these statutes and these judgments and do them. Why?
3: For this is your wisdom. What's our wisdom? Statutes and judgments.
2: The statutes and judgments of the Most High is our wisdom. Now, remember what it said the, in the Apocrypha, that wisdom was the breath of the Most High. So, what did the Most High breathe into these bones in Ezekiel chapter 37 that they might live?
3: His statues and it was
2: his statutes and his commandments. Hope everybody's seeing this. Let's go back to Ezekiel chapter 37 now. Mm-hmm. Now, this started to happen. The Where we were starting to come to life and live around 1969, we were starting to get the commandments, the statues of the Most High. We were waking up to who we are as a people and as a nation.
3: The gospel, yep. Behold, they say, our bones are dry and our hope is lost. Uh, read, the read,
2: yeah, read from the top of the head.
3: Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. The whole
2: house of Israel. Not half of the house, but the whole house. Northern kingdom and southern kingdom. Read off.
3: Behold, they say, our bones are dry and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Therefore, prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves
2: yes. Read.
3: and bring you into the land of Israel.
2: So you were asleep. now you woke. Now jump out of verse 15.
3: The word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, Moreover, thou son of man, take thee one stick and write upon it for Judah and for the children of Israel, his companions.
2: So... This one stick, it ain't talking about just no uh, stick that you might hold in your hand. It's talking about a plank of wood. So he says, moreover, thou son of man, take the one stick, or take a plank of wood, and write on this plank of wood, write what? Read. For Judah and for the children of Israel, his companions. So write Judah, and then write the rest of the tribes on this stick of wood, or this plank of wood. Read.
3: Then take another stick and write upon it for Joseph the stick of Ephraim and for all the house of Israel his companions.
2: So write all the tribes on this big plank of wood. Read.
3: And join them one to another into one stick.
2: And join them together. Read.
3: And they shall become one in thine hand.
2: Because remember, around nine... 30 B.C. was the split of the kingdom. But the High is prophesying to Ezekiel that the kingdom of Israel were going to be united. Southern and northern kingdom was going to be united in these days. Read.
3: And when the children of thy people shall speak unto thee.
2: When the children of Israel see this on a sign, the 12 tribes sign. <laughs> so what these brothers did was biblical. What the elders of One West put together was prophesied. The Most High gave them that revelation. They were doing what the Most High Spirit told them to do in putting that chart together. Read it again from the top, verse 18.
3: And when the children of thy people shall speak unto thee, saying, wilt thou not show us what thou meanest by these?
2: What does sign mean? What is this? Uh, the Haitians are the Levites. But Reuben is, is the, the Seminole Indians? Judah is so-called Negro? Ephraim uh, is the Puerto Ricans? Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> we're supposed to ask, ask questions. But the only question we get is, where are white people at? <laughs> That's the only damn question we get asked. <laughs> but you got these idiots trying to say, now, the 12, the 12 tribe chart is not valid. It's not accurate. It's not this. It's not that. You can say what you want to say. But the one thing you can't say is, it's not biblical. <laughs> That's the one thing you can't say. So, y'all, this is a good Stopping Place. Uh, the Water for everybody tuning in. Thank y'all for tuning in. Hope y'all enjoyed the show. Hope y'all got some edification. If you got any questions, comments, concerns, you can hit me up at 314-482-9110. And uh, the water Shopper for hooking up the block, the broadcast. And until next week, Lord willing, y'all, tell a friend to tell a friend. Tell a friend to please tune in to Taza Pops.
3: Tuesdays. Taza Pops. Tuesday, Taza Pops. Tuesdays. Every Tuesday.
2: And with that, we're going to say Shalom. Mm-hmm.